Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Today, Dimple and I are going to talk about something that all of us end up doing at some point, but we really don't want to do. And that is yelling, specifically yelling at our kids. Now, most parents have yelled at their children, and most of us do feel pretty bad about it. In fact, there was a survey done, and this revealed that of all the things that induce guilt, such as being distracted by the phone or allowing our kids too much screen time or not cooking enough home-cooked meals, being remorseful about shouting at our kids topped the list for most moms. And why do we yell? We are, as parents, are so tired sometimes and our tolerance gets low and we have expectations of our kids. But yelling has become a normal mode of communication for many families. And the reason is because that's what we're most comfortable with. That's what we grew up with, most of us in our households. So because of that, it's become a mode of communication that is very common and it's almost like a habit. Mm-hmm, exactly. And is it really communication though, right? And that's the question that um, I'm asking myself, right? Is this really communication when we're yelling? And when we actually look at what happens to children when we yell, what happens really is that they their brain shuts down, right? Mm-hmm. So... When we yell, what happens is that the um, executive functions of the children do not work, right? And that's because, again, of their underdeveloped prefrontal cortex. And we talked a lot about this in our ap- episode of um, on anxiety. So what happens is that their body interprets this yelling as fear and danger and they react as such. So these biochemicals that get released either say fight, flight, or freeze. And this is when when um, a child hears yelling that they might hit you or they might run away or they might not be able to respond, right? And that's not good for brain formation. And if they continue to respond to a parent's yelling like that, repeatedly, this behavior then becomes ingrained. And then it informs how they treat others. So when that happens, they're not exhibiting healthy communication skills, right? They're shutting down, and they're not listening. So it really isn't communication at all. You know what? That's a great point. It's definitely not empowered communication, which is what we spoke about in our last two episodes. The fight, flight, or freeze response is so, so crucial to understand here because when you're asking a child to perform a task and you're yelling at them to do it and 
they're not listening after you've asked them about 10 times. So to the point where you've resorted to yelling, the reason they're not doing it is because their body has shut down and their brain and executive function has shut down. So they're most likely if they're not able to perform the task or just sitting there still or standing there, it's because they've become frozen and their brain has shut down. They're not able to. And it's interesting you speak about the kids because that's exactly what's happening to the adults too with the yelling. So with this is what has helped me so much understanding this concept. Harvard University scientists found that healthy people, even just recalling an angry experience, so not even yelling in that moment, but just remembering an experience where they were angry caused a six hour dip in their levels of antibody immunoglobin A. And that's actually our cells first line of defense against infection. So basically, every time we yell, we're shutting our immune systems down for about six hours. Oh, my goodness, I did. So you when you told me when you when you spoke about this a a little while earlier, I was so shocked because I had not heard about this. But it is just so incredible that our body responds in that way. Absolutely. So when I learned about that, I thought to myself, okay, what is the point of yelling? I'm actually damaging my own body, right? And that's not a way to communicate in an assertive way. And and what are we really modeling to our kids when we're yelling? Because I'll be honest, I did grow up in a household where yelling was the norm. And when I first got married to my husband, yelling was the norm, even to get him to do something for me. right? Mm -hmm. So I learned over the years, I've been married 15 years now, that this is not the right way to communicate. And when I realized what it can do to our bodies, it increases our risk of heart disease, it increases our stroke risk, it actually takes us out of executive function. So we can't even make decisions from that place once we've been yelling. And if we spend the entire day yelling frequently, imagine what's happening to our bodies at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just bringing up this point that um, it was a mode of communication that we're used to, Mm -hmm. there's often this assumption that if you don't yell, you're letting the kids off easy, right? But really what happens is that it's the opposite, right? It's the opposite of discipline because when they are yelled at and they do become scared, it erodes the trust in the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So when we are able to slow our reaction and, and not yell at our kids, that is when they will learn that adversity can be met in other ways and not just with the raised and angry voice. Oh, absolutely. That's an excellent point. Because we, the the emotional resilience piece that we want to model to them is really crucial here. Mm-hmm. And we are their role models. And I want to give our uh, listeners the strategies in order to stop yelling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was really important right now to to understand why we do it, where it came from, and what the effects are of yelling. But now let's go into our strategies. So the first one that I have 
is to really shift our mindset around the whole concept of yelling. Because if you think about it, it's only the people that we're living with that we're yelling at. So nobody's out yelling at their colleague at work. Nobody's yelling at their boss. Nobody's yelling at their employee at work. I mean, we hope not, right? And so why is it any different that the like the people we love the most and that we're trying to raise into amazing humans, responsible adults are getting yelled at. Mm-hmm. So my idea is why not create this whole paradigm shift around the idea of yelling so that it's not as normal to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think that's such a, such a wonderful point and it brings up, a point made by um, Laura Markham. And what she says is the answer to creating an environment where you have communication and not um, not having yelling matches is to really change this, um, to really break the habit, right? And when you break the habit, you're rewiring your brain. So it's not a default reaction. But how do you actually do this? And one way that I find super, super helpful is to stop yelling about the ordinary things. Now, every single person who is listening to this, I know is going to relate to this, okay? Because picture, like picture this, right? You have your your child in their room and you are cooking dinner and you say, dinner's ready. <laughs> and then they say, wait, I'm coming. <laughs> right? So what happened there is that there's yelling, yeah. but it's done in a way that you are so unaware. You're raising your voice, right? Mm-hmm. You're not frustrated. They're everyday things, but you are raising your voice. The volume level goes up and it became normal, right? You're normalizing it. So now in our household, I make sure that I go to the person and I don't scream across the room. And I know I practice this a lot um, in my kindergarten classroom too, right? Like don't yell across the room if you want to go and um, walk up to the person. But this is where um, that um, normalization and that rewiring your brain happens because you become much more conscious of when you are raising your voice. I love that. I love that. It's so funny because that's exactly what happened in our household. And actually 15 years ago when I first got married, when somebody would call on the phone and I would just, with the person on the phone, not even covering the phone, it's a landline, call for my husband and be like, sweetheart, it's your mom. (laughs) (laughs) And he was flabbergasted as why are you yelling Yeah, I'm upstairs. Why not just come and give me the phone or tell me that somebody's on the phone? So he was actually the one that made me cautious, conscious about that. Cautious, cautious, I guess, about that. And uh, now when I tell Adia dinner's ready, yes, I always go to her. Or if I have something to ask her or ask her to do, I always go to her and make sure I make that eye contact so that she can respond to me and do what I'm asking her to do. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it kind of stops that boomerang effect, right? So Yes, yes. And you know, when you talk about rewiring the brain, 
What I did, I used a mantra, like a, a statement, a positive statement that I used for myself for years and I still use it. I am calm and relaxed. Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah. You know, that actually brings up another really good technique. And that is thinking of a safe word, right? Mm. So this is when you're able to come up with the phrase to tell yourself as soon as you realize you are going to yell or uh, freak out, right? Mm -hmm. So choose something that is really calming or something that you can makes you feel calm, right? Like if it's rain, for example, and someone says this to you and says rain, you're automatically going to feel calm, right? So self-soothing phrases, right? These are the most effective at helping us overcome these big um, explosions or these big uh, reactions that we might have. And just like you were saying, you know, like, I've got this, or I am calm, or I am okay, automatically, your body's going to feel that mm-hmm. and feel that calmness, and you won't react in a way that is not going to be helpful. So true. So this comes down to practicing mindfulness, and practicing being in the present moment, so that we can get focused and alert and relaxed. And I want to give a technique, a mindfulness technique that's helpful for when we are about to yell. But first, I want to speak about our triggers and identifying those triggers so that we don't resort to the yelling. Mm-hmm. Because it's us, it's actually our responsibility as parents to identify our own triggers of what's going to set us off. And those triggers could look like, you know, your children fighting, maybe sibling fights, or maybe one child starts whining or something to do with your partner, maybe something is triggering you between you and your partner. But when I don't know, maybe when the child responds to your partner in a certain way, you may feel a a tinge of resentment or jealousy or whatever it is that's triggering you. So there's a lot of things that could be triggers. And the most important thing is to identify what they are. Mm -hmm. And with triggers, I think it's also important to realize that you might have trigger moments, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, I know for me, uh, like weekday mornings, right? Mm -hmm. That is going to be when I know I'm most likely to yell because we need to get out of the house. You have to get up, you have to pack your lunch, you have to take your library books, whatever it is. And it's this snowball effect, right? And then what happens is that your child is going to go start their day already in this zone of um, uh, of aggression, right? Because yeah. of the yelling that's already happened. And so one way of calm, when you first recognize those triggers, one way of calming down those triggers is to use humor. Mm. So using humor is really going to help break the tension, right? You still maintain authority. You still make sure that they're connected to you. 
but it helps them disengage from the problematic behavior, right? Mm. The other thing that you could do is use a gentle tone. I know this really works for me. So instead of saying, let's go, we got to go, we got to go, which creates so much anxiety and invokes the sense of anxiety, but let's go and get our backpack. Let's close it up. Is there anything else that you need for your lunch? And let's put it in. Mm -hmm. That will create a sense of calm so that the yelling does not happen. You know, that is a really good point because there are, as calm as I could be, there are certain people that can throw me off my grounding. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being rushed or if I am being spoken to in a certain way, as even if I meditated and I did everything that day to be in a calm and centered space, sometimes there are certain people that can really throw me out of that balance mm-hmm. really quickly, really quickly. So it's really important, like you said, to speak in a calm way, make that the norm in the household and make habits for the kids so that you're not always constantly reminding them and yelling at them to perform the next task, make routines and habits so that the tasks, they understand that morning routine to a T. So it becomes more repetitive and more predictable for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking of identifying our triggers and responding in a way that allows us to be calm. I want to give an, a, a mindfulness technique that's really helpful and yeah. it's called stop. So have you heard of it? Stop? No, I actually have it. Okay. So this one is, it's, it's exactly how it sounds. What you do is the S stands for stop what you're doing. Just stop what you're doing. And this is going to take practice for, for parents, but stop what you're doing Take a few deep breaths. That's the T because that's going to calm your body, take you out of fight or fight or flight or freeze, put your parasympathetic nervous system back into action so that you feel more relaxed. So take a few deep breaths. Okay. That's the T. The O is then just observe without judgment, observe your body, what's happening in your body, your emotions and what's happening in your mind. Like, what are you thinking? Right? If you could become conscious of that, you're easily be able to identify your triggers, how your body's reacting in a certain situation. And the P stands for proceed. So that's when you proceed to respond. But you do it now when you're more focused because you've reestablished executive function in your brain from the deep breaths, and you do it now from an intentional place. Now, it takes a lot of practice to do this. Yes, I was just going to say, like, I know this is sounds so fabulous and worth it to practice, but I, I think you do need to practice it for sure. Yeah, it's not easy. I've tried it myself. There are times where you're already going to go off the handle because the body's already into that state. And I mean, I I don't want to go into it here, but we have a triple warmer meridian that governs our fight or flight freeze response. And when that's already activated, you are going to just go off the handle. So there Mm -hmm. are exercises to do to actually train the triple warmer to be calm. 
but that's maybe something for a video or a live in our Facebook group. Uh, but this stop technique, even just taking a few deep breaths when you notice that you're going to lose it or you're not even at the point where you're going to lose it. You notice that you want to yell or yeah. something is getting under your skin. Mm-hmm. Then you can just take the few deep breaths, calm yourself, notice what's happening with you, and then proceed. Yeah. And this is so great. We call that the yellow zone in zones of regulation when we teach it to kids. Oh. So when you're in the yellow zone, use just like you said, right? Um, up to the O so that you, then you can proceed, right? Mm-hmm. And I think when you're able to really notice those triggers, that is when you can actually train yourself to use your, to raise your voice in crucial situations, right? Mm-hmm. So in dangerous situations where you know that um, um, a child might get, your child might get hurt, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And when you, do it in those situations, your child is going to really hear you because you are yelling far less often. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even children who, who are, you know, they they want to be good, right? So even when children are being defiant, it's not because they don't want to listen. Mm -hmm. It's because they are not getting some type of need met in that moment, or maybe on that day. So when we look at what children need from us, they need us to be calm in order to help them through situations. Mm -hmm. And they need us to help them regulate their emotions. And when we look at what they need, they need to feel like they have some kind of power and control as well. So giving them choices. A lot of times we yell because we want something done right away. Yeah. But we can give them a choice, especially if they're older, even if they're teens. At some point in the next three hours, can you complete this task? Yeah. No, that's such a good point. I mean, a lot of it also just is around being on their level, right? And getting close to them. So um, let's say, for example, you want your child to turn off the TV, right? And simply yelling and saying, turn off the TV, they probably will not turn off the TV. In fact, they might just yell back. Yeah. But if you're getting close enough to them, and maybe if your child responds well to touch, right, and in a gentle tone, look, I know um, you really want to, you really like this TV show, let's watch it for uh, 10 more minutes, what do you think about that, and then we can turn it off, right, and it's then so that true. way they have that choice. So true, because leading with empathy is what I always say. And with compassion, we want to approach them in a way that doesn't feel like a threat. Mm -hmm. And when somebody asks us to, you know, get off the computer or get off the phone, get off, Adia's always asked me to get off my phone. Yeah. (laughs) And I I always say to her, okay, just give me a sec. All right, just give me a sec, right? But if she would say, mom, I need something from you. Can you get off your phone in 10 minutes? Can you imagine? I mean, she wouldn't say that, but as a parent, we could say that, right? So leading with empathy is so important in getting them to to cooperate with us and to help them feel nourished and understood. Yeah, exactly. It's just so important. And I think it's important to remember 
to also be compassionate to yourself. There is not going to be a time where you are a hundred percent yell free, right? We will have moments where we do yell. But what I always tell parents is it's about the repair. Instead of um, feeling guilty about it, it's about repairing and talking to your child and saying to them, look, I know I lost it today. Uh, This is what was going on for me. I am aware of it and I'm really sorry. I'm going to work on not responding that way. So you are letting them know that it wasn't okay to yell. That wasn't the preferred mode of communication. And you are also letting them know that you are making steps to change that and to repair that. So important. And you know, most kids will just say afterwards, it's okay, mommy. That's how they're going to respond. They're always going to say that's okay. And if they're a little bit older, they will check you and, and give you a heads up on when you do it again and, and call you out on it, which is also an amazing response or amazing, um, you know, when that happens, it'll be a really good thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a great point of awareness, I find. And I know with like Mayel, she's a lot older now and she will call me out, right? She will say, "Um, can you just be a bit more calmer or gentler? I mean, most people think that I am very, very calm and gentle. And usually I am, but I do lose it sometimes. (laughs) And um, getting called out on it um, really puts me in place. But I, love, I love it. Because, it's because of that communication that I was able to tell her, I'm sorry that I did this when I responded this way when that happened. Right. And so she does communicate with me when I do end up in that direction. And, and I'm glad that they're learning that because mm-hmm. it's not OK to be spoken to like that. And they understand that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the last thing I want to leave you with is. If you are a mom that is frequently yelling, it is exhausting and it's really important to be practicing that care for yourself, to put yourself in that calm and compassionate mode so that you don't feel like you're on the verge of losing it or you're on the verge of having a breakdown or maybe you're just so exhausted. It's really important to take that me time, re generate yourself, rejuvenate yourself, not regenerate, rejuvenate and get nourished so that you're able to be nurturing and nourishing mm-hmm. for it's the family. Beautiful. It's beautiful. You need to take care of yourself so mm-hmm. you can be present for everyone else. Absolutely. And focus on what you appreciate about everyone in the household, because when you are constantly focusing on the negatives, your mind is going to go there. So it's a really great practice to start focusing on what you appreciate so that your expectations of everyone else can be more reasonable. And your expectations of yourself can also be more compassionate and loving. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I think that brings us to the end of our episode. So we talked a lot about 
yelling and the the reasons on why we might yell and the effects it has on us and our children and also some really great tips that you can use right away. So we would love to hear how you're using this, these tips, how you found today's episode. Please join us in our Facebook group and reach out to us via social media. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.